Hey, it's Quinn Miners, and you're listening to The Blitz. Welcome back to The Blitz. This is episode 16, so this is our Sweet 16 episode. My name is Anthony DeBona. You can follow me on Twitter at Debona. As always, I'm joined by my co-host and brother, John DeBona. You can follow him on Twitter at Jorge Blanco. And of course, you can follow the show itself on Twitter at The Blitz Podcast. And we really do appreciate if you can like, leave a review, and all that good stuff on whatever listening platform you're using. It really does help us. And we do appreciate it. So the draft is obviously right around the corner. It's less than two weeks ago by the time this is posted. So uh, we're going to have some fun with it. We're actually going to steal an idea that I saw on Pro Football Focus. And what they did was they had a all-rookie team draft. So me and John are going to take turns in a, a snake-style mock draft, kind of like a mock draft, where we're going to fill out all 22 starters, 11 starters on offense, 11 starters on defense, but only using players in this year's draft class. So uh, to start it off, we're going to decide who goes first. So we're going to do uh, a little bit of live rock, paper, scissors. So I'm going to say rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And then we're going to just yell out what we pick. So uh, here we go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot, scissor. Uh, so your, your choice. You can go first, second, however you want uh, to do it. I'm going to go second. All right. So you're going to get the back-to-back picks, and then all right. So yeah. obviously everybody knows where I'm going to go with this. I'm going to take the best player in the draft, best quarterback in the draft, and you can give me Trevor Lawrence. All right. I was hoping you would do that. So everybody knows the player we've both been crushing on. I will be starting my franchise with one Kyle Pitts. Then I will follow that up by taking maybe the second best player on the draft, one Jamar Chase. All righty then. So I think this is actually starting exactly like the pro football focus one did. So okay, <laughs> I, hadn't, I haven't seen there. So yeah, but it, I right. it, just, it just makes sense because once you take a quarterback, there's no real sense in me taking one right away if we're only drafting 22 people. Yeah, exactly. So just so everybody knows, we basically are only going to draft one quarterback each because there's no point. You're filling out your starters. So unless you're going to do some – Just 22 starters. Yeah. Exactly. So unless John's going to do some crazy stuff where he's got uh, the Saints philosophy and he's going to put Trey Lance at tight end. To... I did I did see that earlier today in the second message. But... Yes. All right. So that leaves me in an interesting position. So you took Pitts and – Chase, correct? Now you get back to back. All right. Hmm. Well, that's another thing I want to just explain to everybody, too. Because our mock we did over text in like two days, or maybe even one day, but we did it all over text ahead of time. This we're doing live on the fly. So be prepared yes. for some dead air, some picks that yeah. maybe don't make sense. And you know, it is what I'm it gonna, is. Uh... I'm going to give my boy Trevor Lawrence some elite protection. And we're going to go Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater to be my bookend tackles. Ooh, all right. That was tough. I see that. And that makes me a little nervous. I was hoping I would get one of the two. I figured you would take Sewell. I thought maybe Slater would be there for me. So I'm going to go then. You know what? I'm adding another wide receiver. Give me Devontae Smith. We can load up. Okay. And while I'm at it, screw it. Give me Jalen Waddle too. Sheesh. Okay. All right. Have fun defending that. And uh, I will defend that by taking Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Since you decided to do that, uh, at this point we'll start working on some more linemen. And I will take Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, the guard. And I think I'm going to take Landon Dickerson from Alabama. So that's gonna, Tucker's going to be your guard and Dickerson to be your center? That's the plan right now. Okay. We'll see how the how the board falls. I may have to kick Vera Tucker outside, but we'll see what happens. All right. So you have you got three receivers already, right? So I could wait to take a receiver. Um, hmm. 
I'm going to go with – I'm going to stay on defense. I'm going to take Micah Parsons, right. linebacker from Penn State. And then I will take hmm, – this made things interesting. Uh, I'll take Quiddy Pay. I think the best defensive end in the draft. Damn. All right. You know that hurts me. <laughs> the big quitty pay guy. I was hoping he was gonna be. He was literally gonna be my next pick. Um, but since you did that, I'm gonna double down on my offensive lineman and go with Christian Darasaw out of Virginia Tech to play one of my tackle spots. And I think I'm gonna take D Blitz Legend Quinn Miners Ooh, to okay. play, my, play my other guard spot. So right now we're gonna more tackle. That hurts because he. Was, I was going to take him to be my center, but um. All right. Uh, let's see. So I still need. Also, while you're thinking over your picks, I should just tell everybody that Quinn Miners had 33 reps today. Yes, the guy is a monster. I mean, we already knew that, but still. Well, I guess not today when you listen to this, but today when we're uh, recording it, and that's just insane. Big strong boy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna fill out my other linebacker spot. I'm gonna take a uh, Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa from Notre Dame. All right. And let's see. I like that this has basically just become offense against defense. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, at this point, it's like once you fill out all your spots, I can just yeah. focus on other spots and then get that later. So that's how. This pretty much works. Um, hmm. You know what? Let's get. Let me have my other defensive end. I'm gonna go Aziz Ojolari on the other side. All right, Georgia. Who the Giants are apparently rumored to have a lot of interest in. Eleven feels too high for him, but they do like their Georgia players. I'm hoping maybe in the second round. That's what I was just about to say. I don't think he's going to make it to the second, but you never know. The draft yeah. is very unpredictable. We'll see. There's always weird spots that fall. And that's that's the thing, too. For anybody who's wondering, like, oh, well, what makes this different than a mock? Like, when you do a mock, you can potentially have eight, nine, ten wide receivers in the first round. So it's all based on those team needs and positional value. When we're doing this, it's like we're going to be taking interior linemen who probably won't go to the second round just because of the position. Um, yeah. And the same thing on defense. So. I'm going to finally make a defensive pick. Then I am going to take... Hmm. Who do I want to start with? Um, I'm going to take your guy, Nick Bolton. Okay. From Missouri. A little smaller, but I think he can get the job done on the inside. And I'm going to put somebody in front of him in Christian Barrymore from Alabama. Mm, okay. That was probably going to be my next pick. But, yeah, the interior defensive line class is not the greatest this year. So, uh, Barrymore, I feel like, is far and away the best in the class. But All right. So, you know what? I think it's time to address – get Trevor Lawrence some weapons. I know I could wait on it, but – I'm going to take, or should I wait? Hmm. Well, okay, here's the thing. You could wait, but I haven't I gotten know. my last skill starter on offense. Am I going to run five wide? Am I going to run a, like a running back traditional offense? You oh, know you might, you might not go running back. Oh, okay, interesting. Just, interesting. just, just put it out there. I'm not saying I won't. Just give me or something you, to think or you could just be, Or you could just be trying to trick me so I don't take a running back right here. I don't know. Um... Uh, all right, I'm gonna fill out. I'm gonna get my safety. I think the best safety in the class, Trevin Merrick from TCU. All right, that gives me a certified versatile safety that can play all over the place. And uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna get my other safety in Jamar Johnson from Indiana, who I've been hyping up recently. Kind of reminds me of Honey Badger. He can literally do it all. Crazy player. And uh, I think he's going to be a lot of fun at the next level because 
everybody's looking for that versatile safety that can do everything, and he certainly fits the bill. So. I was going to snipe him from you if you would have left him there. Yes. So that was probably smart. Um, now, I have two in a row, right? <clears throat> yeah. You know what? <clears throat> Sorry. Eating some crunchy cheese noodles as we record. <laughs> Getting stuck in my throat. Um, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to go with the brothers from the U. Okay. And I'm going to take Mushbrain Jalen Phillips. Jesus. And I'm going to take Greg Rousseau and his one-year wonder. And those are my ends. Okay. I mean, it worked. So as long as they got their head on straight, they can stay healthy. That sounds like a good pairing. But uh, I'm not going to buy into whatever you're selling. I'm going to take my best running back in the draft and Najee Harris. I'm just going to add him right now. All right. That's good. Thanks for getting that out of the way for me. That was not going to be my running back pick anyway. So, cool. All right. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to go ahead and get Davion Nixon to play uh, one of my defensive tackle spots from Iowa. All right. I don't even think I have him on my list. That's interesting. Oh, suck. Sucks to suck, but okay. <laughs> Are you playing back me now? Yeah. <laughs> and you got another pick coming, right? Or no, you did. No, I just, I just did took, uh, and Harris. Yep. All right. So at this point, I'm going to have to go to the outside, and I'm going to take Zaven Collins from Tulsa. And I'm going to also take one. I'm going to go with the bloodline here. Asante Samuel Jr. Ooh, I like that. I was going to take him to be my nickel corner. But... He doesn't quite have the size of some of the other guys left, but. I'm still he trying. To, I'm just trying to keep up. You still have an offensive tackle spot open? Or no? I have one offensive tackle spot left. Okay. All right. I'm trying to keep keep up on my little notepad here but all right so i have literal pen and paper so yeah me too (laughs) old school we're an old school podcast when it comes to that john loves anybody that doesn't know john john loves taking notes it's killing me that i haven't seen a paper draft magazine anywhere this year (laughs) it's like it's really weighing on me spoiler alert there might be one coming soon but we'll see Just uh, a little pre-draft gift, maybe. We'll see. But uh, moving on, I'm going to fill out my defense. I got two spots open. I have defensive tackle and my nickel corner. So I'm going to go Levi Anwuzurike from Washington as my other defensive tackle. That's a good pick. I was hoping to just to get him and pair him with Barrymore. And then I kind of want to just be like – kind of just hoard the corners here and take like Greg Newsom and stick him in the slot. I don't think that's realistic. Or Caleb Farley. I don't think either one would play there. So I'm going to take Elijah Molden, corner from Washington, because he is the true definition of a nickel corner. And he is feisty and a tone setter. And I think he would be a great addition to the defense. All right. Fair enough. So I am now going to take... You know what? I'm going to take my running back, even though I sh- don't really need to. Ah, really got one. Ah, and I'm going to take – I'm a little torn. No, I'm just going to take him. Travis Etienne ah, from Clemson. I thought – I really, really thought about Michael Carter because I loved him in the senior bowl. Like, to me, he was the most impressive player that I saw in the actual game itself. Um, But I decided to go with the guy whose name we've heard for quite a while now and Travis Etienne. Um, okay. And I will lock up my last tackle. And I'm going to go with the guy who we've talked about before. I He's also, like, mocked in some mocks as a guard. But uh, he's another guy who I feel like we heard his name a lot last year. As, like, he would have been a first-rounder, I think, last year had he come out. Or if he could have come out. Can I take a guess um, before you say it? Yes. Just from the description? Yeah. Is it Alex Leatherwood? Of course it's Alex Leatherwood. Okay. So, Alex <laughs> Leatherwood is... Rounding out my offensive line. Yeah, I feel like I've only seen him mocked as a guard now, which is crazy because it seems like him and like 
And he's only mocked from like the second on, I feel like, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like the last couple of years, he was like a number one, like he was the number one, I feel like, for a long time. Or it was him and Sula was like one and one A. And now he's I feel like, like uh, off cliff. Walk, Walker, Walker Little. Little. Like well, Walker Little, I say Walker Little's had like the biggest fall somehow. You yeah. said there's a lot of injuries though, right? Really yeah, and well, he like I don't even think he got injured this year. I think he just like he had surgery, but then like he took off the year. He just opted out because of COVID. Mm. Like, but he was already coming off an injury. So yeah. supposedly he's been like training with a ton of elite like prospects or whatever. But who, who knows? All right, All right so, so I'm, I'm up, right? You're up, I think, right? Yeah. All right, so I got my interior offensive line, and then wide receiver and tight end. So those are all spots that you filled already. So I could just take my time and pick uh, whoever I want. So I'm just going to go wide receiver, get that out of the way. I will take Rashad Bateman all right. and uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. Those are going to be my outside wide receivers. All right, not Terrace. No, this is Terrace. Okay. Fire escape Marshall Jr. <laughs> um, so that brings me back to the table. Now I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Caleb Farrelly. No, no, no. Caleb Farrelly is my other corner. Okay. And what do I want? Do I want another backer? No. Mm. You know what? Give me. Uh... It's going to be a little bit off the board, but mostly because I'm a sucker for big either Samoan or Islander or whatever this guy is. I'm not even 100% Tommy, sure. Tommy Togai? Togi, Togi, whatever. Nope. Oh. It's at defensive tackle. Oh, Jay, no, Jay Tefeli. I don't know oh, if I'm saying a that. A bunch of them. From, from <laughs> USC. All right, yeah, there's two defensive I'm assuming, I'm assuming he has to be either Hawaiian or Samoan, and he plays defensive tackle. So if he flops, I'm putting him in WWE. We're getting him to the performance center. We're going to make something out of him one way or the other. Yeah, if you just Google him, the picture that comes up is definitely like WWE yeah. superstar. So everybody, anybody who's listened to this for more than 30 seconds knows that I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, <laughs> exactly. So there you go. That's my interior of my defensive line. Okay. And your first pick was uh, Farley, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So that leaves me. I have wide receiver, tight end, and my interior offensive line. So let's just finish up my skill positions. I'm going to go. Let's see. I'm just going to take a risk because if this guy stays healthy, he could be ridiculously good, but he's a walking hazard i don't know he's like ridiculously jacked but he cannot stay healthy for nothing and that's rondell moore wide receiver from purdue so i'll stick him in the slot all right fair enough do do some fun stuff with him and see how that goes and then tight end obviously there's a clear gap between this guy and kyle pitts but pat Fryermuth, who some people say is like gronk but i'm not buying it he's good but yeah, I watched watched his highlights after i got all excited about pitts because somebody was like oh well if you like pitts look at this guy and I was like, he looks good, but there's definitely a yeah, level. It's just like there's a clear level between them. It feels like at least. Yeah, Pitts is just on another planet. To, to use like a, a more modern, like a pre-existing comparison, it almost feels like the gap between, let's say, like a George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, maybe Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingram, where it's like yeah, exactly. Evan Ingram's still good, but not that good. Like like Fryermuth is good. I feel like. He could potentially make a couple Pro Bowls, but he's not like Kyle Pitts is like potentially one of the greatest to ever play the position. I think he's already getting that type of hype. That's the thing I was gonna say. Obviously, it all a lot of it depends on like work ethic and injuries and everything else. But it truly does feel like if Kyle Pitts has his head on straight and stays healthy, he could be the best tight end to ever play football. I don't think that's that crazy to say. Like I said, obviously, there's a lot that goes into like the mental aspect of it and even just the ability to stay healthy. If he stays healthy and his head's in the game, I can't like I can't imagine him having a ten-year career as a mediocre player. I think he's either going to be all-time great or not playing football. That's fair. In Europe, 
I'm up. So, I still need a couple linebackers. I have no safeties yet. So, we'll start at the safety spot, and I will go with Richie Grant from the University of Central Florida. Uh, not quite as not quite as thick as I usually like my safeties. <laughs> not not super thin though. One ninety seven. Not not very light. Um, so I'm gonna get him. And I'm going to grab another linebacker. I know it's a little weird because I'm taking two interior linebackers. We're running a 4-3 in this, in this scenario. But I'm going to take, and I hope I pr- I'm pronouncing it right, Jamin or Jameen Davis from Kentucky. I think it's Jameen Davis. Okay. But he's he's like had a crazy rise so far. I mean, he had a ridiculous pro day too, but. I just feel like he really has blown up like this past month or so. I feel like yeah. he went from being like a projected like fourth round pick to now he's like some people have him as like the best linebacker in the draft. Well, he's also I say he's also listed as an inside linebacker on the list that I used. But yeah, he's six four. He, I mean, he's light. He's two thirty four. But six four two thirty four. Those are almost like that sort of like. And I'm not saying he's this level of player, but almost like the Isaiah Simmons sort of size package. I feel like where. You can kind of be a little bit of everything. And so I think for my third linebacker, that's kind of a good spot. Because I have Zayvon Collins, who's a lot heavier. And then I have Nick Bolton, who's a little shorter, but also pretty light. So I'm going to run. Yeah, and he rolled that out with Jam- uh, Jameen Davis. Simmons ran a 4-3-9 last year, an official 4-3-9. Right. And then Davis, at his pro day this year, reportedly ran a four three seven. Damn. Okay. So like yeah, he's ridiculous. Some people compare him to Darius Butler. Yeah. Like bigger, but he's also super athletic. But yeah, I feel like he's not as raw as Simmons was, but I just don't know if his ceiling is as high as Simmons was. So yeah. But uh I've got my interior line to to fill out right now. So I'm gonna go with hmm this is tough. Cause uh, you took all the interior offensive linemen that I wanted. I had Dickerson and Miners as my top two centers. Mm-hmm. You took them both and put one at guard, so I'm sad. But uh, I have, a, couple, take I have Creed, a center on my list if you want one. Somebody could give them to you. Uh, Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. I'll take that, him to be my center. That was the center on my list. Okay. And then uh, let's see. Should I convert one of these uh, top tier offensive tackles that are left to uh, guard? Um. Damn. You know what? I'm going to take uh, Dylan Raddins from North Dakota State because some people are already projecting him to play guard in the next level, so I'll take him and put him at one of my guard spots. All right. Fair enough. Me go now? Yeah, you have to, I, I have you down as you needing two spots, safety and quarterback. All right. So we're going to switch things up a little bit. Uh-oh. Um. I did not know Jameen Davis ran that fast. Yeah. <laughs> and he's only 234. So you know what? We're going to just run one safety, and Jameen Davis can kind of be my de facto sort of like second safety. You're going to run that 4-4 defense that I use in Madden sometimes? Yeah. Um, and instead, I'm actually going to get – no, I don't want to get too weird. I almost <laughs> took Ronnie Perkins, but I was like, that might be a little – a little much, even for me. Um, I'm going to take Baron Browning from Ohio State okay. as my other Four linebacker. So, really, like I said, it'll really end up being three linebackers because Bolton, Collins, and Browning, and then I'm going to use Davis more as, like, the Joker safety slash linebacker. Bolton can kind of do that, too. He's on the, He's, like, super fast and on the smaller side in terms of weight, so... Yeah, but I, I like my little short stat. I, I think of like a – oh, I guess he was – was he an outside back? I'm trying to remember. That, I think of like a Zach Thomas, like a shorter sort of – although Thomas was heavier. But like a Zach Thomas kind of like shorter stout linebacker. Um, All right, and, and you got uh, your uh, long-awaited thing. quarterback that I, I already know who it's going to be, but go ahead. You know who it's going to be. <laughs> or do you? I do. Because I am not going with Mac Jones. You're not going with McCorkle? No. 
despite, despite my personal love for Mac Jones, despite the fact that I truly do believe Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL and maybe the best quarterback in this draft, not named Trevor Lawrence, I am actually going to go with the kneecap biter, Zach Wilson. Oh, okay. Because yeah. my fantasy team is being coached by Dan Campbell, and I get that pairing one way or the other. <laughs> you were going to get it. I actually li- – I literally already broke down Mac Jones in your quarterback spot. I literally I only had Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones listed. But then when I was like, you know what? I wanted Zach Wilson and Dan Campbell so bad as a combination. So let me just give uh, Zach Wilson to my team. And also – Shout out to our former employer, Arthur Smith, or not Arthur Smith, rather, um, Fred Smith and Zach Wilson's uncle. So, all right. So, I got one spot left. I should have left it for something a little bit more exciting, but it's going to be uh, one of my guard spots. So, I'm going to give Trevor Lawrence at least one player that he'll be familiar with. That's going to be Jackson Carmen, who actually played left tackle at Clemson, but uh, a lot of people think he's going to play guard at the next level because he's a little bit on the heavier side. He's almost 350. So uh, Jackson Carmen as my final guard, and that about sums up our draft. You want to run through the teams real quick? You want to run through yours with any final thoughts? Sure. Uh, my starters that are going to just absolutely light you up are <laughs> Zach Wilson, a quarterback, throwing to Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Kyle Pitts, Travis Etienne lining up behind him, and then blocking for them probably from left to right, although I'm not 100% sure where Barrett's have to play more of. Um, but from left to right, we're going to go with uh, Darasaw, Barrett Tucker, Landon Dickerson, Quinn Miners, and Alex Leatherwood. Then on defense, um, starting on the inside, I got Christian Barrymore and Jay Tefeli, or Tupel. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Then on the ends, I got the Miami duo of Mushbrain, Jalen Phillips, and Gregory Rousseau. Um, the inside linebacker, I got Nick Bolton. Outside, we got David Collins and Baron Browning. My corners are Caleb Farley and Asante Asant- Samuel Jr. And my safeties are Richie Grant and the converted Jameen Davis. I like it. You got a little freaky at the, at the end. But uh, my team is led by the best quarterback in the draft, Trevor Lawrence. Then I got Najee Harris at running back. My receivers obviously aren't as good as John's. I have Rashad Bateman. Terrence, not Terrence, Marshall Jr., Rondell Moore. Yeah. Uh, Pat Fryermuth with a tight end. Then my bookend tackles are Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater. Then I got Dylan Raddins and Jackson Carmen at guard and Creed Humphrey at center. Then defense, I feel like this is where I set myself apart from John's garbage roster over there. I've got Pay at one end, Azizo Javari at the other, Davion Nixon and Levi on Wuzzle 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 Remix at the other defensive tackle. Then I got Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa at the other linebacker spot. Then my cornerbacks, I got Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn on the outside, Elijah Molden in the slot. Then Trevin Merrick and Jamar Johnson as my safeties to round out my defense. All right. Before we put a bow on this, um, do we want to talk about some of the best players left on the board in this hypothetical 22-man draft? Um, sure. You, you, could, you can go for that because I completely lost track. Obviously. Okay, I have the list right here. So, obviously, for me, Mac Jones is my top guy who I didn't pick. But also, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Um, your boy, Kadarius Tony didn't get taken by either of them. That's, that's who I was going to say. I was going to put him in the slot, but then I just got excited about Rondell Moore because I feel like Bateman and Marshall aren't really explosive. So, I feel like Moore is like – obviously, Tony's explosive too, but I think Moore has more upside and he's bigger. So. Um, my guy, Sage Surratt, is still left. Um, also, Chaz on defense, but he's not ranked as high. Um, Ronnie Perkins, Joe Tryon, Carlos Basham. Those are some of the ends. Uh, Joseph Asai from Texas. Greg Newsom, who you mentioned at one point but didn't take from Northwestern. Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky. I was a little surprised at how many Kentucky players are rated highly in this draft. Um, yep. Uh, the safeties that I did not go for were Jevin Holland or Javon Holland from Oregon and Andre Sisco from Syracuse. Um, and at running back, the UNC duo of Javante Williams and Michael Carter. And I loved Michael Carter and really was tempted, but 
ultimately just couldn't pass up ETN. I'm starting to see a lot of people put uh, Javante Williams as the top running back in the draft. And uh, I don't know. I think it's a little well, weren't their weird. Numbers, but... Their numbers are very similar. And Williams is the bigger of the two. So I kind of get like going for the size over the smaller guy at that spot. Oh, no, I – I think he's better than Michael Carter, but I'm just saying yeah. I don't think he's better than ETN or oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. So, but a lot of people seem to be doing that, and I feel like whenever there's some like late hype going into like this close to the draft, I feel like we usually end up seeing it happening. Well, I like that. But, I like that Najee Harris, the poor man's uh, Derrick Henry, as far as six two two thirty. That's a pretty beefy running back. And he can catch the ball really well too, which Derrick Henry never really did. Yeah, college, Derrick Henry. So. Derrick Henry still hasn't ever caught a pass. I don't think he's. Zero, I mean, when zero you're, caught passes in his career. When you're running for 80 yards after contact every time, I don't think you need to catch. Are his legs ever going to break down, or is he just going to be AP and just be young forever? Peter Pan of running back. Uh, uh, I think everybody's still waiting for him to fall off the cliff. But oh, the, yeah, I just looked it up. Derrick Henry had 17 receptions in college, but 602 carries in three years. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> his last season. You could be one dimensional. Wait, one second. One second. One second. <laughs> his last season at Alabama. Oh, I know his. I, people have talked about his high school stats and how ridiculous they were. Yeah. This man played at Alabama in the SEC and had two thousand two hundred nineteen <laughs> rushing yards and twenty eight touchdowns <laughs> in one season. Wow. Um. Holy. <laughs> he was a first rounder, right? Or did he fall past the first? Uh, I want to say it was like a second round pick, but I don't, I don't know. That's crazy, man. Um, in the meantime, I'm just gonna say, oh, we didn't we we didn't talk about the linemen that were left over. Um, and that's really Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame was the one that stood out to me because he was a guy who I fell in love with because for some reason on my earliest mock drafts that we haven't even talked about, I was able to get him as like a seventh rounder in one of them for the Giants, which would have been amazing. But he's the guy who I noticed uh, slipped in both of our drafts. And Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State too. Uh, Jalen Mayfield yeah, from th- Michigan was the other off the way. I was thinking about taking uh, Jenkins or Eichenberg and switch them to guard, but I didn't want to get too crazy. Yeah. But yes, so I just looked it up. Derek Henry was a second round pick. He was forty fifth overall. Oh wow! Okay. So, all right. So that about does it for this first segment. We're going to come back and talk about some of the latest signings and news that's going across the NFL. So uh, we'll be right back. It's officially draft season. Everyone's favorite part of the offseason is here as we're all getting ready to see what our favorite teams are going to do in the next few months. With Fanspeak.com's new Ultimate GM 2021 offseason simulator, you now have the ability to trade players, trade picks, sign free agents, draft players, and whatever else you want your favorite team to do this offseason. So go to Fanspeak.com now to check out everything they have to offer. All right, so let's jump right back into it get into some of the latest news and, and signings that happened across the league. But first, there was a, a certain somebody in the NFL that uh, apparently landed a punch that was heard around the world. It went viral on Twitter, and uh, John's got a little bit more about that. Uh, well, I'll get to that in a second, but I think the more important topic of the week is the legend that we lost. And I think this had been around football for a while, and a lot of people thought it was, you know, maybe leaving too soon. But that would be the Vincent Spriggs eye, Aaron Donald, made that man blind. He is now Ray Charles. He is Stevie Wonder. I don't know if he has any musical ability, but if he didn't before, he does now. He got walloped in that thing. Um, allegedly. So, allegedly what happened is Aaron Donald destroyed the Vincent Spriggs eye socket after Spriggs. Uh, Spriggs bumped into him very late at night. I have not heard officially where the location was, but I can only assume maybe a facility where you would consume adult beverages. Um, the alleged damage was a broken arm, which I don't know how that factors in. Maybe him bracing himself or from falling, from being knocked out. And 16 stitches near his eye. Plus, if anybody's seen the picture, his eye is swollen shut. He looks like he just finished a five-round war with, like, prime uh, Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald. It was ugly. And I know Aaron Donald's a relatively short man, 
compared to a lot of NFL players. He's only, what, 6'1". So I may even be taller than Aaron Donald. But Aaron Donald is one of the few players who I feel like you recognize by face if you watch even a smidgen of football. And I'm pretty sure this guy was a football fan. So I know there's going to be money coming to him out of this, I'm sure. But was it really worth it? Did you really need to risk it all to fight Aaron Donald? I I don't consider myself a tough guy, but I do feel like I'd like to think that I could handle myself if things ever got physical. Unless those things happen to be physical with Aaron Donald, in which case, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry that you bumped into me if that happens. I'm sorry that you spilled my drink on me. Like, I would apologize to Aaron Donald for anything that he does wrong. And just, you know what? My bad. I don't know what happened, but I'm sure it was my fault, and I'm sorry that I did it to you. So why would you ever do this with Aaron Donald? It's insanity. Yeah, I think uh, what we all learned from this, and I think we all knew this already. Oh, concussion, too. Sorry, I should have added that. I forgot about the concussion. Yeah, so the moral of the story is that you just shouldn't mess with Aaron Donald. I mean, the, he's the guy that like you see walking towards you on the street, and you just cross the street. Like You just want no, no beef with that dude. He's just from another planet. He was created in the lab. He's in the same uh, air as uh, Miles Garrett and DK Metcalf and these huge dudes that are just not real. Yet, and what's amazing about it is that Aaron Donald is not by any stretch a huge dude. I mean, he's, he's heavier than most of the population, but he's south of 300 pounds. He's only, what, 6'1 or something. He is not, like, Miles Garrett looks like Superman. Aaron Donald looks ripped as hell with his shirt off, but Aaron Donald does not look like Superman. But Aaron Donald is very much, in fact, Superman. Do you, you don't remember when that dude was playing ping pong on Hard Knocks? Yeah, no, he's he's cut, he's cut as hell. But what I'm saying is, like, he's. I feel like a lot of times what makes people intimidating in public is the fact that, like, you're jacked and you're tall. Like, these guys that walk around that are, like, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", and, like, shredded. Aaron Donald is, like I said, he's shockingly ripped for a defensive tackle, but he's not a very tall guy. Like... So if you didn't know his face somehow, I could almost understand with him wearing a shirt, you thinking maybe you'd have a chance against Aaron Donald. But if you know that that's Aaron Donald, you know you have absolutely no shot. I mean, this guy Spriggs was he? I think he played collegiate football, or he yeah. still is playing. Well, so like, like I, say, I know I noticed it did seem coincidental that uh, one of his like his the shot going around to him besides his eye was him in like a Washington State, um like a jersey sweatshirt kind of thing. And I was like, hmm. Are you going to tell me you didn't know who this guy was? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So, like, I like you said. dollar signs. And, I mean, it's don't get me wrong. We never know who athletes are. I know we talked ad nauseum about it, that I despise Michael Strahan because of how incredibly rude he was to us at the one Giants training camp where, um, and just for anybody who hasn't heard the story, I'll rehash it real quick. Um, my freshman and sophomore year of high school, we our parents took us up to Giants training camp, even though Anthony wasn't a Giants fan really yet, um, or was rather the first year that became an Eagles fan. But our parents took us up to Giants training camp. We'd wait around by the players' entrance because they used to do the public practices. And we'd get autographs from guys. There was usually a small crowd of, like, let's say 20 people waiting for the people to come back from lunch. And a lot of times people would shout to the players, oh, hey, whatever, 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 can I get your autograph? And most of the guys were nice. A lot of guys signed. Some of the bigger name players would just kind of like, oh, I'll get you guys later or put a hand up and walk by. But everybody was nice enough. And then came Michael Strahan, who literally, he, and he was on the phone, granted, but turned around and goes, can't you see I'm on the phone? And then just keeps walking. <laughs> and that made me despise Michael Strahan for the rest of eternity. Um, and I don't even remember where I was getting at with this. But I'll, I'll piggyback off that because, uh, like you said, I wasn't – I don't think I really knew who I was a fan of yet at that point. But uh, yeah. what I do the remember – Pictures are you with a Jason Seahorn jersey, just yeah. for the record. Those and, and you guys pawned me off to get rookie Eli Manning's uh, football uh, – his signature on a football, uh, which I let's, then – Let's calm that down for a second, though, because you, <laughs> ru- you ruined that signature. <laughs> we have rookie Eli – I'm sure at some point we'll get into more football stories. But we have rookie Eli Manning's signature on a ball, and this moron 
decides he's going to put his initials on the seam of the football so that it's very clear that it's Anthony's football, even though Anthony is not a Giants fan and he's like eight at the time. I should have ripped your teeth out for that. <laughs> well, I didn't want you stealing my profit 20 years from now. See, I was thinking ahead. God. Either, either I was getting it or nobody was getting it. I steal that was one, 2004. I was 12 years old. I steal one Jay-Z CD from you one time and you think it's the end of the world. But uh, just just a few more notes on that. Those oh, trips. I, I used to love that. I, just, I remember what I was going to say now. I was going to say, so the whole Strahan thing was getting me back to like, Strahan is known as this like super lovable, super nice guy in the public eye. And maybe most of the time he really is. Maybe we caught him on a bad day. I don't know. But maybe that's Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald seems like a likable enough guy, even though he looks like Superman. But maybe he is cocksure when when the cameras are off. Maybe he is arrogant. Maybe he did even sort of like not look to pick a fight with anybody, obviously, with the money he has. But maybe he is one of those guys who thinks who he is and thought he could sort of push around a guy in a bar or push past somebody and not think twice about it. And he can. So that's the moral of the story is that he absolutely can. I just want to jump right back into that Giants training camp trips because I really did enjoy those trips when I was younger. But there were three things that I'll never forget. So one was... Swimming in the pool with Jerry Reese's son? One was was pouring rain and uh, me, you, and dad ran up to like Tiki Barber's sky blue Maserati. That's the the other thing too. Everybody like... All Giants fans hate Tiki Barber. It's like the opposite for me. Tiki Barber is always going to be on my nice list because he was cool with dad being a total creep and just walking up to the car on him. I think he was just like chilling in his car, like eating lunch or something. We just walked up and he like signed the ball. I think he took pictures with us, whatever it was. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't also the car, which in hindsight rose me a little bit the wrong way. But it was raining and we walked up to his car, so I don't blame him. Yeah. But he did stop and take a picture, which was super nice. Then uh, I'll, I think my my hand still hurts to this day from when Brandon Jacobs slapped it. <laughs> so oh, that's man. uh, Brandon Jacobs was my first I called it moment because when we saw him at that practice, I was like. And that was before I really followed the draft like that, especially the later, like the mid and later rounds. I was like, who is this absolute animal? This guy is the best. And from that day forward, basically, Brandon Jacobs became my favorite giant ever. I think you remember saying exactly, you were like, why is that offensive lineman wearing 27? <laughs> like, this guy is tremendous. And I was like 14 <laughs> at the time and knew nothing really about football. And I was like, this guy is an absolute animal. And then uh, my last memory that I'll never forget was old man Kurt Warner. He like refused to sign anything. Oh, I guess Kurt he was just old and tired. But he like God. all he would do, he had no problem taking pictures with everybody. So that was still really cool. Kurt Warner is the absolute best, and I love that about him. He literally stayed, and yeah, he was like, "Hey guys, I'm really sorry, my hands tired," but stayed and took pictures with every single person who wanted a picture. Kurt Warner, like, who gets, I feel like he's another guy who gets publicized as being, like, this super nice, super down-to-earth guy, is really that nice and really that down-to-earth, at least based on my one experience with Kurt Warner. Yeah, well, when you come from, uh, what was he, bagging groceries or whatever yeah, that, that's what's so, even crazier. You figure this was, and I know he was humbled a little bit by the way things ended in St. Louis, but this was, like, post-Super Bowl winning, post-NFL MVP Kurt Warner, like, coming to the Giants. Yeah. So, that was, was really nuts. And that was before he went to the Cardinals, right? And ended up like, yeah, that was before the Cardinals. Yeah, he went to yeah, the Cardinals. It was even crazier because then after that, he went on to throw for forty five hundred yards or whatever he did, and like took him to a Super Bowl. So, pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, but speaking of Eli Manning and Kurt Warner and retired Giants, we did actually lose somebody this week, and that was one Julian Edelman, our friend Mark Singer's favorite Patriot. <laughs> Wait, can I take a second to talk yes. about Mark? He changed his like cover photo to like a Julian Edelman jersey. I think he was listening. I think he had like Marvin's room playing on on repeat. That guy was in his feelings this week, and I feel terrible for him. But oh my god, Mark! It was time. Happy. It was time. He he was about to lose James White and Julian Edelman, but at least <laughs> at least they kept James White, right? So he's he's feeling and he's, okay. And he still got his boy Cam Newton, so he'll be yeah. Right. So and we, yeah, yeah, he's a huge Cam Newton fan. A lot of people don't realize Mark is a massive Cam Newton guy. Um, <laughs> For the people obviously who don't know Mark, we are trolling the hell out of him. Mark does not like Cam Newton. Um, but yeah, so Julian Edelman retired, and he had himself a career with the Pats. He is second all-time in Pats receptions with 620. First all-time in Pats targets, actually, with 941. So we know Tom Brady loved him some Julian Edelman. He's only ninth all-time in Pats TVs with 36. And he's actually 11th in games, which shouldn't be that surprising. 
But what was surprising to me is that Matthew Slater is fourth. Matthew Slater shows that special teams really can get you a career because Matthew Slater has 137 games played as a Patriot. Oh, no, sorry. Matthew Slater is 189 to Adam's 137. Um, but yeah, so he was, he ended up retiring. He was going to be released or was released with a failed physical diagnosis or designation. And, uh, so sad to see him go. One thing I will add though, is I saw the conversation. I hope jokingly, but I know for some people probably seriously about is Julian Edelman a hall of famer? No, he's not. (laughs) And the comparison that some people, and I know Anthony was one of them have made is, oh, well, what about Eli Manning? Because Julian Edelman is, what is he, second all-time in a lot of the receiving stats for the playoffs or even first yeah. in the categories, only behind Jerry Rice, the ones that he's second in. Um, and he has a Super Bowl MVP under his belt in, what, three rings, I think? Um, but again, the answer to that is no. Because, yes, Eli has the two Super Bowls, and in my opinion, that's what, sets Eli over the hump and is going to make Eli probably a first ballot Hall of Famer based on, like, nobody really retiring last year. Um, Especially no quarterbacks. But uh, just for some comparison, career numbers. Julian Edelman ranks 75th in career receptions with 620 behind the likes of Michael Crabtree, Jarvis Landry, and Golden Tate. <laughs> He ranks 156th in yards behind the likes of Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry, Crabtree, Tate, and even T.Y. Hilton. He ranks 247th in career touchdowns behind the likes of Kenny Stills, Tyler Lockett, Torrey Smith, and Golden Tate. Golden Tate basically is a better player than Julian Edelman by every measure. Um, He also has zero Pro Bowls in 12 years. Now, for comparison, because I know people have said that like Eli had down regular years, but um, really is Hall of Fame worthy because of his playoffs. Eli Manning is in the top 10 and actually in the top nine of basically every passing category. He's eighth in career yards. He's ninth in career touchdowns. He's eighth in career completed passes. He's only 50th in rating, but there are QBs in the Hall of Fame who are actually lower than him in rating. And rating's a little skewed because a lot of the higher-rated guys are guys who are still very young in their careers and who haven't had their sort of down years yet. Um, Eli Manning also has four Pro Bowls, again, a Julian Edelman zero, plus the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and two Super Bowl MVPs, and 16 years played as opposed to 12. So Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. Julian Edelman is not. But I know Pats fans are sad to see him go. And he will be in the past ring of honor, I'm sure, and get all that sort of home team love the way I give to Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I feel like this was a debate a year or two ago when the Patriots won and he had that crazy catch or whatever. Like, people were like, oh, my God, he's a Hall of Famer. But you can't just dismiss that he's been pretty pedestrian as just like a regular se- regular season player. So, like, like I posted in our uh, Facebook group. The NFL I was group. surprised, honestly, though, to see that he had no posts. I would have thought, like, at least a couple. But I feel like – he had a couple good years, and did he never even hit a thousand yards in a season? I feel like that was another thing that surprised me. No, he did it twice. Did he? Okay. No, he did it three times. No, actually. He... I'm looking at his number. Oh yeah, you're right. I don't have his visual um, season numbers. I thought I did. 2013, 2016, 2019, okay. he had over a thousand. Oh, he never 20... hit twelve hundred. I think though, if I remember. Right. Yeah. And he never had double digit receiving, t- even more than seven receiving touchdowns yeah. in a season. Okay. But like, but one thing I saw posted was like, well, I put it myself was that. Jeremy Macklin actually has better career numbers than him. <laughs> and, and Macklin's obviously was never even viewed as like a number one receiver. Like, so it's, it's crazy. But also I saw another thing that people were like, Oh, he's that if, if, even if he's not a hall of famer, he's definitely like a top five slot receiver of all time. And oh, like, I don't even know if that's true. Well, well, I'll say, let me bring that up real quick. Cause I did have those numbers too. Uh, he's not even the best slot receiver. He's not even the best white slot receiver in Patriots history. Because yeah. I had mentioned before that he's second on the pass and receptions. The guy who's first is Wes Walker, and Wes Walker yeah. has 52 more. He's first in the pass and targets, but the guy who's second is Wes Walker, who he only has 15 fewer. The guy who is actually in front of him at eighth in Pat's touchdowns is Wes Walker, who has one more touchdown. And 
not to mention Wes Welker only played in 93 games as a Patriot compared to 137 for Edelman. So Wes Welker was a better Patriot than Julian Edelman as far as at least production. And I know he Wes Welker didn't win as many rings, or did he not win any rings the Patriots? I don't remember. I know he was part of the 18 and one, but I can't remember if they if he was there and you know long enough to win another one time or not. Um, but Wes Welker statistically is a better player for the past than Edelman ever was. Yeah, so like, I know you mentioned Golden Tate already, but like, and I'm talking about the top five like slot receivers all the time. He's man, he's not even like the best one now. Like, I feel like there are players that are playing right now that have better careers than him and that are still going to be playing. Well, like I said, Golden Tate, Juice Landry, like Jarvis Landry, yeah, that's is a, one of them. That's exact. I have Jarvis Landry and Golden Tate pulled up right now. So Julian Edelman, just real quick, he has 620 career receptions for 6,822 yards, 36 touchdowns, right? Then you have Jarvis Landry, who has – one second, it's pulling up right now. Oh, and we also here. didn't mention that, that uh, Edelman got popped for PEDs at a point, which a lot of other people haven't. Most other people haven't. All right, so then Jarvis Landry has 636 receptions for 7,028 yards and 35 touchdowns, and he's going to be playing for a couple more years at least. And then Golden Tate, who's obviously on the back end of his career, has, I think, Edelman beaten all three of those categories, too. So it's just like, sure, he has the postseason production, but when it comes to the regular season, he's just nothing special and not all fame worthy. But I think we spent enough time on that. We got about like five more minutes or so here to work with. All right. So let's jump into some of these recent acquisitions, acquisitions, acquisitions that took place. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's start with your boy, Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, Jadavion, finally signing with the Browns. Jadavian Clowney averages one and a half more sacks than you and I the last two years. <laughs> um, again, in 2020, zero sacks. 2019, he had three sacks. Uh, six QB hits this year, 13 in 2019. Um, the year before, he had a decent year. He had nine and a half, well, pretty good year. Nine and a half sacks and 21 hits. But you're going back three years at this point. Um, I don't think he's very good. Cleveland was middle of the pack last year. They were 16th in sacks. So I don't really get the appeal. He has played in both a 3-4 and a 4-3. But he's also never healthy, too. Um, he's only started 16 games one out of the seven years in the league. He's only started more than 12, three of the seven years in the league. Um, and he did start eight this past year, but at 11 the year before. But, again, that's only a, like close to half the season, and literally half the season this year. and a little more than half the season last year. I just don't think he's going to be a difference maker. Um, but at least in Cleveland, he doesn't really have to be because they have Miles Garrett, who's established, and they have Sheldon Richardson and Malik Jackson to finish out that line. So he can almost be the fourth best defensive lineman for them and have it be okay. But like I said, I get, I, for Cleveland, I get taking the, taking the risk. It's The number was pretty high. What was it, like $10 million? But they were able to like spread it over like five years, I think. Um, yeah, even though like some- basically a one-year deal. Yeah, they put some voided years in there. Yeah, so this way they spread out the cap hit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see him making that much of a difference. But watch, now that he's in Cleveland and I've totally written him off, he'll explode. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to go out there and have 10 sacks. But I think it's just another decent addition for an offseason that's been really good, especially on the defensive end for Cleveland this year. I really like them getting John Johnson and Troy Hill from the Rams. And uh, my boy Anthony Walker that I wanted the Eagles to sign from the Colts. So, I think it's just another good addition for them. And I think – I know they, like – I think they – a lot of people think they overachieved last season, but I think they're building the right way. They're filling holes in free agency, and let's see what they do in the draft. But uh, there was also two running back moves. Yeah, so right. James Conner signed with the Cardinals. Running back signed Giovanni Bernard. Um, yeah, and Giovanni Bernard signed with the Bucks. So just James Conner, I'll start with that because he's probably the better of the two right now. Um, he's still only 26. He – had uh, his career high is four and a half yards per carry. His career low is only four. And I think he averaged like 4.3 this year, which is his exact career average anyway. Um, so he actually, as far as like per play, wasn't really too bad this year. He had 721 yards and six touchdowns. And then he also had 35 receptions for 215, but no touchdowns. But like I said, his production on a per uh, – her play sort of basis was still pretty good. Um, I think it's a good addition for Arizona, too, who lost Kenyon Drake, who led their team in basically every rushing category. 
Um, Kenyon Drake was second in TDs. He had 10. Kyler Murray was next with 11. And Kyler Murray was basically second in rushing and everything else. Um, Kyler Murray had 133 rushing attempts for 819 yards. And I know that's a great part of his game, and it's great if you have a quarterback that can run like that. But I think we've seen long-term, especially when it comes to winning Super Bowls, you don't want your quarterback to have to do that. It's a nice luxury if they can do that, but you shouldn't have to have your quarterback run that much. So I think Connor getting there and getting to be the clear-cut number one, because right now their top returning back is Chase Edmonds, and he only had 448 yards last year rushing. He also had 402 receiving, but still, under 500 rushing is not what you want for your top running back. So I think he goes in there, he slides right into that number one spot. Um, Arizona was pretty high in the league. They were sixth in rushing attempts and seventh in rushing yards. But again, that was leaning heavily on their quarterback running the ball. So I think having Connor there should help. I think that was probably a good pickup for them. All right, I think you covered uh, Connor pretty good, so I'll jump on uh, the stash. <laughs> Not the stash anymore because he shaved it off. Yeah, must, but, uh, mustache magic. Yeah, well, he's trying to get yeah. back to his roots before before the mustache. So uh, Giovanni Bernard signed with the Bucks. I feel like it makes sense because he kind of fits the role that they didn't really have with Ronald Jones or um, Leonard Fournette and like that smaller third down back that can really catch a ton of passes. Yeah, so I think he'll feel like, like weird, that though. James I thought, White. I thought that too, but when you look at the numbers for last year – it's a little misleading because, like, I mean, Gio had more receptions than both of them. But Fournette had 36 receptions. Rojo had 28. Gio had 47. But it's it was a, I was a little surprised. I mean, I guess, yeah, they ultimately they probably want him primarily to help in the passing game. But I was a little surprised because he's older than both of those guys. And both of those guys were competent enough with receiving. Plus, they have CJ Procise, who I feel like, got hyped up a couple years ago, even though I know he hasn't ever lived up to it. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, his yards per carry, he his first three years in the league, he averaged over four, but his last three, he's been under four for all three. So his rushing isn't very great. But he will add something, I guess, to the passing game. He's had 30-plus receptions every year of his career. Um, and he's still only 29, so he's not very, very old. Um, Tampa yeah, was... Like- Tampa was 29th in the league in rushing attempts and 27th in rushing yards. So maybe adding and making it a three-headed monster will help. I don't know. We'll see. But Yeah, I think he's played that like role his whole career, so I don't think he'll have a problem fitting in there. Yeah. And obviously, Brady loves having that smaller, like James White running back that he had, and, and then he had Danny Woodhead. And I feel like Bernard just fits that mold, and he's just going to be – Third down guy, or they're going to run little swing passes, or even put him in the slot sometimes. Yeah, so but the only problem 40, 50 catches somehow. The only problem for him is that he's not a, a white running back. <laughs> I don't know if he grows that mustache out. Whether that's James, James White or Danny Woodhead. Um, <laughs> is there? Anything, do we have? Oh, do we even have time to talk about anything else, or do we have to just cut this off? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could touch on the last signing that I had mentioned, but I don't think we're going to get into the virtual offseason. All right. Well, but basically, there's a virtual offseason so because, off because nobody wants to come to work at the end. That's the extent yeah, of that. Exactly. Um, everybody, every NFL player is now Kyrie Irving. So, yeah. uh, that's uh, that. Oh. And the other signing I wanted to touch on was Alden Smith signed with the Seahawks. So I feel like they already signed Carlos Dunlap. And yeah. Team that I, had I, no I, like, pass rush. I like Alden Smith. I think he has a lot of potential. It's just a matter of can he keep his head on straight and stay on the field. Um, yeah, he played pretty well for Dallas last year. So Just real, real quick, a couple other signings. Uh, A.J. Bouye to Carolina, which is probably good for them because they need corners. Um, the Bengals claimed Thaddeus Moss from Washington. Which I know oh, you yeah, were excited okay. about reuniting Burrow and Moss. And they're going to get Jamar um, Chase in a couple of weeks. They're going to get Jamar so. Chase. Then the, uh, also, one, one other move that I forgot even happened was the Bucks re-signed Steve McClendon from – who yeah. used to be with the Jets, which I think is kind of cool because he's like their third defensive tackle. And to have Steve McClendon as their third and just be the big beefy guy for stopping the run is uh, not too bad of a move. Uh, last last thing I have, and then we'll be able to call it quits. Um, there seems to be steam I saw on more people are saying Kyle Pitts to Atlanta, and I think Atlanta's even said that uh, Arthur Smith is on the same page. Arthur Smith, who is related to Fred Smith, and Zach Wilson, who is not, which is my mistake. All white people who own planes seem the same to me. Um, <laughs> that was my correction from earlier. And uh, some uh, news I saw today, I think, from Michael Lombardi that Washington 
might go all in to try to move up to get Trey Lance, which sounds a little crazy, but makes a lot of sense if you're Washington because really all that team definitely needs right now is a, is a quarterback. So we'll see what happens. That's the news for this week and where we are. All right. So that about does it for episode 16 of the Blitz. As always, follow, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter, like I said at the beginning. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.